This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. A contractor ever tell you the price of something and it sounds so high you think, eh, maybe I'll try it myself. Some jobs just aren't that difficult, and yes, you can do it. If you want to find out how to do those things, listen to Fix It 101, podcast everywhere. Welcome to AutoCorrect. Helping you correct your auto problems, our host is Coach Charlie Melton, ASC Certified Master Technician. I'm Liz Gill. So if my car won't start, I I think it's probably the battery, the starter, or the alternator, and I can replace the battery, but I don't know anything about the other two. So we're going to learn the difference amongst the three so we don't just replace everything uh, willy-nilly. We're also going to take your repair questions. Hello, Coach Charlie. Hello. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Yes, I remember I changed my daughter's battery in the parking lot at Murrah (laughs) (laughs) when she was in school one time. Well, you think about battery starting and charging, today is the day that you need to get started. It's going to be cold uh, the weekend, and that's when you're really going to find out if your battery's bad. It don't usually give you a telltale sign during the summer, but when those cool weather mornings start, battery will show you a sign that it's bad. And that's just because batteries need to be warm because there's water in them? or Well, if you think about the battery, it is a chemical reaction. It's acid and it's uh, water combined. And so that makes the electrolytes and what it does with the chemical reaction. Warmer it is, easier it is to crank the car. It doesn't take as much amperage. But as soon as you get cold weather, it takes more amperage to turn that engine. Oh, okay. Jay, we're going to switch it from uh, Coach Charlie to Professor Melton if he's going to get us into the, the chemistry uh, equations amperage. for all of this. Hashtag amperage. Okay. That's it. <laughs> Probably not much of that going around. But Okay, so, you know, one of the things that can happen is you get in the car, you try to start it, and the lights are dim or they flicker. What could that mean? That could be a sign of your battery being bad. It could be a sign of your alternator being bad. So it could you got to be make sure you can get, get it diagnosed correctly because, like I said before, people go in there, the first thing, uh, when it doesn't crank, they'll get a battery. Well, the battery wasn't really the problem. Then they go get an alternator. Now they spent two or $300 that they didn't need to spend. Do people who aren't me come around? Do, do they carry something to measure the battery? Well... That's not an OBD2 uh, tool, is it? Well, believe it or not, there is a check engine light that will come on the uh, vehicles today that will show you low voltage. Oh, okay. So it'll come on. It'll say check engine. It'll have low voltage. And you have a meter on your dash that comes on, a little red light that tells you low voltage. But usually when you got low voltage, you need to check that alternator first. Take it somewhere. Have the alternator checked. Don't just assume it's a battery. Because that's what uh, too many people do. They assume it's a battery. They waste the money. Have the alternator checked, uh, and they can check that while it's running. They can just take it to any auto parts store or your uh, whoever your uh, technician is. Take it in there. Let them put a uh, load tester on the battery. Let them test the alternator. So we've talked before about jumping your vehicle. Always read your owner's manual. Make sure you do it correct. We've had a coach's tip of the week on that. If you can successfully jump your battery, is that a definitive? Well, if you can jump it, then it's one. It it means it's that something. You know, it's the battery. If you can jump it, it means it's the alternator. Or, well, think about it. What did I just tell you? Cold weather 
gives you a telltale sign it may be the battery. But if you can jump it off and it keeps running, that's not necessarily mean that the alternator is working, but it could say it could still say your battery's bad. You need once again just go back and have it diagnosed. Now the main causes of battery. Let's just think about this. The main causes of battery going bad uh, that you can tell is corrosion on the battery post. You know, uh, it won't turn very good if the corrosion and the battery post are dirty. Um, if it's low, if it's a serviceable battery, that means that you can put water in it. That if the cells are low, and on a 12 volt battery you have six cells, so if one of them are low with uh, water. That could be a cause of the battery. That means that it's overheating. Okay, batteries that are serviceable, uh, I don't know, a lot of people look under their hood, they'll see a battery that is swollen, and that means that it's got hot, and that means that the battery's going bad. So you can look at a telltale sign of the battery as well just by looking at it. How long can batteries last? Is that the good, better, best thing? Well, you know, typical batteries going to last two to three years, regardless. Okay, you know, you get warranties that are 84 months or 72 months. Well, really, you're getting a prorated warranty. If that battery costs you $200 and they'll replace the first 12 months, that's fine. But after that, you start paying so much for every month that you have that battery. So the the way uh, the the people who can test it, how are some of these auto parts stores, is that a good battery test or is it better to go to an actual mechanic well a lot of times battery uh, auto parts stores do not do a good testing on the batteries and alternators because what happens with the computer age of all of our vehicles now that the battery has to be the right voltage because of all the different things that you are running in that vehicle the electrical so you had to have the right voltage and a lot of times if you're just within two or three points voltage millimeters uh, millivolts lower something may not work are there any if it if it is the battery are there any noises you might hear when you try to start the vehicle uh, it would it'll click sometimes you can hear it click but then that could be the starter as well um, the battery I think the main telltale sign is if the lights are low like you said earlier if they're dim then that's the first thing I want to do is check my battery and then check my alternator and, and then if there's corrosion on the post, yes, that's ma- also a sign. Now, we said before, in order to clean that corrosion acid off that battery, you need a uh, mixture of water and baking soda. And that neutralizes the acid. Do not pour Coca-Cola on a battery. Coca-Cola is acid. It just puts more acid on the battery. And you can get one of those things that it's not a bottle brush. It's like a little metal brush. Is that good to use? Once you take the battery post off, now make sure that when you take the battery post uh, cables off that battery that you're going to lose your radio signal. Your Now you've got to get a code for your radio. You may lose a few other things. They do make a battery saver that you can plug into the vehicle, and that will save all your information so you could uh, service the battery. That might be a wonderful holiday gift for someone. Right. It only takes a 9-volt battery. You can just plug it right into maybe where the uh, USB port is, plug it in, and you're good to go. Excellent. Excellent. We'd love to answer your questions. Send us an email. It's auto at mpbonline.org. We're talking this morning about is it the battery? Is it the alternator? Is it the starter? And could it ever be all three, or would it usually just be one, two, or three? Well, it's just going to be one, two, or three. It may just be a relay as well. 
It could be a starter relay. It could be an alternator relay. So there's more things in the system than just the big components. Ooh, I didn't even think about a relay. So you got to look at the small components. You know, another thing that makes sure that you never take the battery post off the vehicle when it's running. Oh, okay. <laughs> in the old days, we could do that. Uh-huh. And you could tell if your alternator was working because the vehicle would stay running. Okay, today, if you take that battery post off... And you put it back on, you send a surge going through the computer system, and it will burn up the computer system. So old-timey tricks don't always work with these new vehicles. Not with the new vehicles, yes. That's why if you're going to do it yourself, I changed the battery when I was in high school and when I was 19. Things may have changed. Right. Let me tell you where you can find that code for your radio in the owner's manual. <laughs> hey, let's talk about the owner's manual next week. Right. So. <laughs> okay. Um if the light dash lights come on and the vehicle won't start, could that be, is that a symptom of one particular thing? It could be a corroded battery terminals as well. So you clean the battery terminals, put the battery terminals back on there, then see if it'll crank up. A lot of people, what happens, the battery terminals, of the cables, they corrode behind the clamp and they don't clean that corrosion off. They just clean the battery or the clamp, and it still doesn't run because of the battery corrosion. Now, if you can jump the car, then it could still be any of the – is there a name for the system? For the uh, Well, you had the charging system. That's oh, really the charging called the, system. That's really called the charging system. I'll give you a good example. This lady came into the, where I work at, and she uh, brought a, her car. She went out there. She cut the car off, and she came back in there. She says, my car won't crank. Okay, so I walk out there, and – I put my little jump box on it, cranked it right up, and she, I asked her, I said, how many times has it done this? She says, well, it's done it a couple times in the last few weeks. I said, okay, what you need to do, drive it to wherever you're going, have your husband check the battery and the battery post. She says, and she went home. She hasn't told me back. I told her to come back and let me know what happened. Oh, good. Okay, well, we'll have to find out. Now, what if jump starting doesn't help it? Then we'll say we have a bad battery completely. If if you cannot jump off, jump the vehicle off, with and you know that your starter is good, you know your that the vehicle's been running, then you know you have a bad battery. Because that's another thing, voltage don't always tell you the battery's good. Let's do a quick phone call. Let's go to Matt, who's calling from the Alabama state line. Matt, thanks for calling into AutoCorrect today. What's your comment or question for Professor Melton? Yes, sir. Are you familiar with VX-6 that they used for the submarines in World War II? They had to take a component out of it because they couldn't make it EPA certified. And I don't know if the new stuff's any good or not, but I used VX-6 for a long time. And uh, the cheapest batteries do it when it's a new battery, and and they would last five or six years because they didn't sulfate. Is this something you smear on the posts? What's VX6? No, it, it, it's just little bottles, and you put a little bottle in each cell. Well, you always got to be careful about uh, putting any chemicals in the battery. And the thing is, because they have acid and water in there, and it's recommended by the manufacturer. Just say if you got a new vehicle and you put that in there and something happens to the battery, and you know that, and the manufacturer, you know, a lot of people tell the manufacturers exactly what they've done to their vehicle when they take it in. <laughs> And if they do that, then they'll void that warranty on that battery. You know, so you got to be well, careful when you put website, stuff in there. Their website says VX6 compatible for all batteries, as long as you can get the top off of them, and they're not lithium ion, of course. 
Right. Well, if you think about most uh, vehicles today are maintenance-free batteries. There's really um, a lot of the ones you can buy in the auto parts stores are still serviceable batteries, but a lot of the new cars, you can't mess with the batteries anyway. Ooh, well, good luck with that, Matt. Uh, maybe some folks who have uh, – we do have folks who listen who have older cars and they, fix them up. Maybe that that'll be a, a tip for them. Uh, are you are you familiar with VX6 at all? I've never heard of it, no, sir. All right, well, check their website. It's it's good stuff. All right. And uh, as long as you get your battery poppers to you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, thank you, Matt. Hey, if you've got a question, send us those emails to our email address also. We're talking about, oh, that's auto at mpbonline.org. We're talking about the battery, the alternator, the starter. That's just between your repair questions for Coach Charlie. I'll tell you about the latest recalls. You're listening to AutoCorrect with Coach Charlie Melton. I'm Liz Gill. If you want even more AutoCorrect, find our podcast on all podcasting platforms for your smart device. AutoCorrect is heard on MPB Think Radio Thursdays at 10 a.m. with a replay Saturdays at 11. So here's some recent recalls. Now, I'm always amazed at the vehicles that catch fire in the garage. Now, Jay White, my, my, my co-worker here, some models of Genesis Electrified G80 and Hyundai Sonata Santa Fe hybrids are being recalled for the front driver or passenger side seat belt pretensioners, which could explode upon deployment due to excessive pressure in the pretensioner pipe. Well, what that is, that is your um, airbag that's um, by your uh, seat belt where you plug it in. So that there, the seat belt could explode. It has an igniter on it and can catch fire. Why does a seat belt have an igniter? Well, see, um, airbags are deployed by igniters, okay, with the pressure, uh, according to how much pressure is on this system when they have a wreck, those seat belts and all will deploy, and it has to have something to make them deploy, and that is the igniter. Huh. And that's why it catches fire. Wow. See, I can see, like, for an airbag, an igniter. Well, it has an airbag in that area. And so gotcha. that's, that's what it's looking for, and that's why you have an igniter there. Same thing, just think about if you're sitting on the seat and they have airbags in the seat uh, by your knees yeah, and yeah. all, mm-hmm. same thing. Yep. Ex- exploding this, exploding that. All right. Tensioner sounds like a good wrestling move. <laughs> it is. <laughs> you get somebody the tensioner, it's over with. No. That's it. <laughs> Well, but not only if you uh, pull a pretensioner, so that <laughs> oh. you, <laughs> then that keeps you out of the tensioner. All right. Volkswagen Audi vehicles are recalled over the tire pressure monitoring system. Get this. The tire pressure monitoring system in these vehicles may not detect when pressure has been lost on all four tires. If you do it on one or two or three, it will. But if it's all four at once. Well, first of all, you're not going to lose pressure on all four tires, but that is, you know, that's one of those uh, systems they have out there. Yeah. All right. And then more Takata airbags. There's a do not drive warning for some older Dodge Challengers, Chargers, and Magnums and Chrysler 300s due to faulty driver's side airbag inflators. You can find out if your car has a past recall by going to the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration's website, NHTSA, N-H-T-S-A dot gov slash recall and just put in that VIN or find their safer car app. 
We're talking today about batteries, alternators, and starters. Oh, my. We're also taking your vehicle repair questions. Our email address is auto at mpbonline.org. Let's go to Bay Springs and see what's up with Jerry. Jerry, we're glad you've called in today. What's your question or comment? Yeah, it's not related to batteries, I don't think, but, uh, you know, it's always nice when you're when you have a problem with your truck and it fixes itself. <laughs> I love not, self-healing appliances. Those are my absolute yeah. favorite. Tell me about yours. I'm not sure that's happened. Uh, what happens is I crank my truck up cold, and uh, I've got a miss, pretty bad miss. And I go down the road, say, 20 miles, 30 miles, and the mist seems to go away, and it runs just fine. And uh, when I get back home, you know, when the engine cools down an hour or two, same thing happens. Um, if I don't drive any more than 10, 20 miles, I've still got the mist all the time. But once it warms up, the mist goes away. I've also had a spark plug blowout at one time, and I'm wondering if, a, if the same thing is happening with another cylinder. Yeah, that's so, what I was fixing to ask. Have you, have you changed all the spark plugs? No, I have not. Okay, what happens? Uh, how many miles you got on that vehicle? Oh, quarter of a million, I think. Yeah, you need to go ahead and change the spark plugs first because they have a real big gap in them. I can promise you that the spark gap's real big. And if that gap is too big, you're going to get that miss in that vehicle. And as you're saying about the spark plug blowing out, and the reason those spark plugs blow out, what they do, uh, Ford had, uh, is this a Ford? Yeah, Ford F-150. <laughs> yeah, this is a Ford. What Ford did, they took a aluminum block and put the, they put a uh, steel uh, spark plug in there. And as yeah. it vibrates, it blows it out. Okay. So what you need to yeah. do is change those ever so often so make sure they're tight. But I'd go ahead and change all those spark plugs in that on that engine there, and that would probably get rid of your miss. Okay. Thanks a lot. Yes, sir. Thanks, Jerry. We have an email from Lauren in Illinois. Lauren, it has Honda Fit Tire Light. What can cause, other than tire pressure, the tire light to come on? Uh, you could have a uh, defective uh, t- uh, tire pressure monitoring uh, sensor. That would be the only other thing that would make it come on. Uh, if that's just say you put the tire pressure and it's up to where it needs to be. A lot of times those sensors do go out, and believe it or not, they do have a battery in them, and they're only good for uh, two or three years. Okay. And you cannot replace the battery. You have to replace the whole sensor. Okay, fine. And be then that it, way. it has to be reprogrammed as well once you put it in there. Something two or three years, that seems pretty okay. All right. All right. I'm not okay. I don't, I guess I don't have anything to say about that. <laughs> All right. Um, You know, we're talking about batteries and uh, alternators and starters. Now, how long – you talked about batteries last two to three years. What about alternators? Well, you can get some vehicles, uh, older vehicles, that alternators have lasted years and years. But really what happens with an alternator is that people start putting more accessories on the vehicle and – the alternator cannot put out enough amperage again. The alternator works off amperage. The battery works off amperage. More accessories you put on that vehicle, more amperage it has to have. And so if you just say a normal alternator has 60 to 80 
amps coming out of it. A high output has up to 200 amps coming out of it. And what you're doing, you're taking the amperage from the battery and the alternator is replacing the amperage that you're taking from that battery constantly. So more accessories you put, more amperage is going to take, bigger alternator you're going to need. It's more output. Are there any smells associated or sounds associated with the alternator going out? Well, with the alternator, you could hear maybe it has a, a roaring sound. Maybe the front bearing's going out on it. And they do have diodes in there, and those diodes will make a humming sound sometime uh, if they're going bad. So there are some telltale signs. The main thing you need to do with that alternator is make sure that your dry belt is good because if the dry belt gets loose, it's going to not charge as good, and it make a, a whistling sound. And so you want to make sure the dry belt's good, the tensioner's good, that holds pressure on that belt in order for that alternator to steady turn and steady produce power. All right. Now, what about uh, starters? How long do starters usually last? Well, they can last, last the lifetime of the vehicle. It's just according to how the vehicle is maintained. If we get motor oil or power steering fluid or any type of liquid falling down on that starter constantly, that's going to make them go bad because you got just the like, same thing with alternators. Alternators go bad with heat. More heat you got less that alternator is going to take and uh, have its life. So same thing with starters. If you're in, if you're driving around uh, four-wheel drive, you're driving in mud and water all the time, well, that starter is going to go bad because you're going to get sand and everything up in there. So you want to be careful about that as well. But on a starter, there's relays in the en- on the uh, electric side. You want to make sure that you check those relays because those relays can get lazy. And by what I'm saying lazy, they may get stuck. Uh, the little uh, points on the end of them, the contacts will get burnt. So you want to make sure you check those first. Check the solenoid um, on Fords. A lot of them, maybe not as new vehicles, but a lot of the Ford had the solenoid on the firewall, and it was separate from the starter. So a lot of times that solenoid would go bad. Same things with the solenoids that are made on the starters themselves. And the solenoid is what pushes out and makes the, uh, makes the starter turn. Okay, so you want to make sure that that is good. But a lot of times if you sit there, just say your battery was going bad and your alternator was going bad and you just turned on that key and you just cranked on it and it didn't crank up. Well, what's happening is the starter's getting hot. Well, I just told you that things get destroyed by heat. Well, you want to be careful about that as well. And you can smell it. You can smell the uh, starter burning and just smells like burnt wires. So if your car won't start, how many times should you try it before you wait and then maybe try it again? I wouldn't do it no more than 10 or 15 seconds as of turning the engine and then cut it off, let it cool. Because what's happening, you need to let that starter cool back down because you don't heated it up because of the wear. I'm, I'm, I'm loving these. I know how to drive a car, and that's my that's all I know about a car. But then also... If you can repair it yourself or you can talk to a mechanic, you've given us some things that it could be so that we won't be surprised if they say it's X, Y, or Z. Well, yeah, but you think about cost on a starter. Car- starters can cost anywhere from $100 to six or $700, just the part itself. But then you got labor. It's according to where the starter is. There are some vehicles that you got to take the top of the engine off to put a starter in it. You know, you'd think a starter was at the bottom of the engine, but a lot of them, like Nissan, uh, Frontiers and all, you got to take the intake off because the starter's right in the middle of the engine. 
You know, so it's according. You can spend up to $1,000 replacing a starter sometime. Our email address where you can send your questions is auto at mpbonline.org. We're learning about the battery, the alternator, the starter, the relays. It's all part of the charging system. And that's just between your car repair questions. What's in the news? I'm going to tell you next. Thank you for listening to AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. Coach Charlie Melton, retired instructor from Clinton's High School's Automotive Technology Program, is our expert host. I'm Liz Gill. I hope you've downloaded our app for your smartphone, the MPB Public Media app, because I, I'm, okay, I'm not going to get on my electronics rant. I did that with Jay White <laughs> yesterday. But if you don't have space on your phone, you don't have storage on your phone to put podcasts, if you have the MPB Public Media app that has all of the podcasts right there, and you can listen to our old shows, our new shows, you can stream the live Think Music TV, you can, it, it, it does everything but make a smoothie. And uh, so that MPB public media app, and you can also make a contribution from it. So thank you for your contributions to MPB Think Radio. Autocorrect is heard on MPB Think Radio Thursdays at 10 a.m. with a replay Saturdays at 11. See, I got a new phone and I hate it because (laughs) it doesn't have storage on it because they want you to pay for streaming and they want you to pay for Google Cloud. And now I have to go delete some of my 7,000 photos because my storage is full and I'm not buying more storage. And I understand. I just feel like an old lady with a technology rant. Anyway, in the news, it is official. New internal combustion engines will be effectively banned from sale in the European Union in 2023. Member countries, Parliament, and the European Commission agreed to terms that stipulate a 100% reduction in CO2 emissions for new vehicles sold at that time. So by 2030, which is eight years from now, emissions are targeted to fall by 55% of what they were last year. And technically, automakers will be able to keep offering gas-powered cars, but they're going to have to pay a hefty fine for any CO2 their new vehicles release into the atmosphere in a year. Wow. All right. That's all I can say is wow. Expect a charging station near you if you live in Europe, I hope. That's true. When I was in Europe uh, a couple years ago, they had very few charging stations. Oh, in those, the gas stations they have, they're like teeny tiny. It's like if you imagine a service station in the United States, in Europe, it's like the island with the two pumps, and that's it. And you don't see a whole bunch of them around either. Oh, sure. Yeah. You, you can't get your Coke. You can't get your Slim Jims. Right. You can't run into the bathroom. They have like two pumps, and that's it. Times are changing. They are. And <laughs> they're going to drag us in. Yeah, they're going to drag <laughs> us right along with it. We're talking about battery, alternator, starter. Email us your questions, auto at mpbonline.org. Before we get back to batteries and such, we did get an email uh, about airbag seatbelt light on after accident. Uh, Teresa has a 2011 Camry and was rear impacted at a stoplight. 
the airbags did not deploy and seatbelt did not lock. But I guess the light is on. Is this repairable and how much about would this cost? Most of the time when those seatbelt tensioners go bad, you just need to go get another seatbelt tensioner from the dealer and put it in there. I would not go to a salvage yard to get one. I wouldn't do it aftermarket. I would go to the dealer and get a new seatbelt tensioner. Now, it didn't deploy. The the airbag didn't deploy at all, but the light is on. Well, what it did, it stretched the tensioner on the inside when you had the belt on. It stretched it most of the time. That's what happens to them. Okay. She also says... Thank you for the show with three lo, love the show three exclamation points. Oh, that's great. All right. All right, so let's talk a little bit more um about uh, uh starters. Are where did you say were there smells, were there things to see, uh things to hear when it's a starter? Yeah, a lot of times people get in there and they may have an oil leak in their vehicle, oil will fall on the starter, so, saturate it. You smell it burning, uh, that will kill the starter because, once again, it's electric and uh, electricity don't like water and chemicals all over it. So that will hurt it. You'll smell it, and you'll see the drips from the oil. The main thing is if you hear it just click, 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 not always the starter, but uh, if you know that your battery is fully charged and your alternator is working, then I'd go check that starter. You want to make sure when you check that starter, you take it off and you're going to replace it. Check the flywheel. They have teeth on it, and those teeth can go bad. And you put a starter back on, it does the same thing. It might not. It probably wasn't the starter. It was probably the flywheel because the uh, teeth on the uh, starter are stronger than the teeth on the flywheel. Ooh, have a little fight. See who yes. see who, who who lasts the longest. That's it. <laughs> Let's go to Clinton and talk with John. John, we're glad you called in. Uh, go Arrows. How are they doing this year? I have an arrow shirt on. I see that. Yeah. How, how are they doing in football this year? Well, they're in the playoffs. Oh, okay. Great. Okay, John, what's up with you? Hey, Coach. How's it going, brother? How are you doing today? Hey, hey listen. Uh, pretty good. Coach, we are uh, – I'm restoring a 68 bail, and we put a 383 stroker. And I think we put like 450 horses. It's Um We took the power glide out, the power glide transmission. Right. I had it in there first, but the, uh, I mean, it, it just had two speeds. So we took it out, and I put the 350 turbo transmission in, three speeds. It said it out good, but uh, I, I, we put a stall in it. The stalls were from 2200 to 2500. It, I got to hit on the gas to make it go a little hard. So I, my question is, should I take that stall back out and go back in with the uh, uh, just a regular converter, or should I put another stall in that's a little bit uh, from an 18 to a 2500, a little bit lower stall? And if you want, if you want to take in, get it revved up and get the power, I just go with a lower stall in that because what you're doing, that engine's having to get up to like 2500 before it really engages, you know, before that torque converter all locks into that transmission, you know. So that, I would put a lower stall in it myself. Okay, now if I put a lower stall in, it's not going to uh, ain't going to kill my engine, ain't going to kill my transmission. It's not going to kill your engine or kill your transmission, even though you're putting out 400 horses. It's not going to kill the engine because, like I say, if you had a, a 454 or something in there, uh, you'd have a lot of torque on that transmission as well. Anyway. Okay. Okay. Cool. Cool. Okay. So 1800 to 25. Is that? That's what that's I would do. Yeah. Right. Okay. Hey, I appreciate it, coach. I appreciate you. Thank you. Now, if you're thinking, if you're trying to see what he's talking about, a stall, what it, uh, what happens, uh, regular transmissions, uh, when you step on the gas, they go, and you're not at, at high as RPM. The engine's not running as high, but what he's talking about a stall is that 
the RPMs have to get up higher of the engine before the transmission will engage. That's what he's talking about when you talk about a stall. And that makes a revving noise? Uh, you won't hear it. It's okay. just what it is. The When I say RPMs, that's revolutions per minute and how fast the engine is turning. So you'll just hear your engine uh, speed up quicker. Okay. All right. Let, we're talking about uh, batteries. Now, I have uh, a hybrid. So I guess I have two batteries. You have two batteries. You got one for the 12 volt system and you got a high voltage battery. Okay. A lot of people don't understand that 12 volt system. It will run your accessories, your radio, your windows and stuff like that. And the EV battery or the hybrid battery is just for propelling the engine. And those are the super duper whoop de doo expensive ones. Well, you know, I did a little search on how much those batteries cost up to $22,000 a piece in a Tesla. Wow. In a Tesla. So, and now when batteries, and that's like a 85, 75 to 85 kW, 1,000 kilowatt battery. And it's not just one battery. It's a lot of batteries, single cell batteries put together. You may have a 1,000 single cell batteries put together, uh, 800 of them all in one pack. Okay. Just think about you having a lot of Duracells. Well, that's really what you got. A lot of Duracell batteries all together in one pack. And they're uh, lithium ion batteries. Okay. They're supposed to hold power. They're, they're good batteries. But now if you think about the hybrids, you're talking about the EVs, all EVs have two batteries. They're not running just uh, the accessories off high voltage. So now you're talking about every vehicle has to have two batteries. That's double the material for batteries in a vehicle. And you had to be careful because your car cranks off the 12 volt battery because it, uh, it goes that it was, that's what makes the ignition go. You don't have a starter in a 12 volt, um, in an EV, but it has to have 12 volts to initialize the system. Oh, so you might have to jump start an electric vehicle. Yes, but I wouldn't <laughs> make sure you go to the owner's manual and all for that because I'm sure there's a special way. And electric vehicles, and this is another thing, electric vehicles, vehicles are high voltage and you need to be careful. There's an orange wire, I mean, an orange cable. That is the high voltage cable. If you touch that, the end of it, you're going to wish you didn't because it is very high voltage. We're discussing batteries, alternators, and starters, and we're taking your questions too. You can send us email to auto at mpbonline.org. We've got a new car review from uh, Casey Williams coming up. This is a Volvo. I don't, I don't know that I, I mean, I guess there's, is there a Volvo dealership in the, I think there is one in the Jackson area, maybe somewhere on I-55 with some. Maybe it's over there with the uh, Land Rover. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, maybe so. Uh, this is AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. 30 years ago, a world-class supercar would have had about 400 horsepower and then 0 to and a half seconds. Well, the vehicle we have this week does all that and does it with the safety of a Volvo. It's the Volvo C40 Recharge. This is their compact all-electric crossover, and I really like it a lot. So let's talk about what it does as an electric. It does run 0 to and a half seconds, has 402 horsepower, you can go 226 miles without plugging in, and you can recharge 10 to 80% in 37 minutes. So it's a fairly practical car with the quick recharge function, but it's also a Volvo, which means you've got all the safety gear, you've got adaptive cruise, forward collision alert with auto brake, rear cross path detection with auto brake, and lane mitigation runoff systems on it. So all very nice, and I like the style too. The crossover coupe style looks really well. 
Inside you've got blue carpets that are kind of pretty, Harman Kardon audio, and a full glass roof. So let's talk about price. Well, the C40 Recharge starts right at $55,000. This one has equipped $60,540. This is AutoCorrect. If you've missed any of our program, you can listen to the whole show from our website, autocorrect.mpbonline.org. AutoCorrect is heard on MPB Think Radio Thursdays at 10 a.m. with a replay Saturdays at 11. Stay tuned after the show today at 11 a.m. at Southern Remedy Kids and Teens with Dr. Morgan McLeod. I'm Liz Gill. Our expert is Coach Charlie Melton, ASC Certified Master Technician. It's time for Coach Charlie's Tip of the Week. Just want to make sure, since we're talking about batteries, charging, and chargers, make sure that we do not add anything to a serviceable battery besides water, preferably distilled water. If it already has acid in it, you do not add more acid, nothing but water. Now, lots of times people are happy to have OEM, originally original equipment and manufacturers, manufacturer. but I, I don't imagine you could buy a rebuilt battery, do you? You can't buy a rebuilt battery, but you can buy a rebuilt starter, a rebuilt alternator. But I would tell you, if you're going to buy a rebuilt starter alternator, don't go for the two-year warranty or the one-year warranty. Go ahead and get the lifetime warranty because, once again, heat destroys uh, electronics and all those electronics. So you want to be very careful. And if you could, if it took a Nipodenzo starter that was on there, go back with a Nipodenzo starter, go back with what came on the vehicle itself, because that is what the manufacturer specified for that particular, that was their specification. So you want to try to get back as close to the manufacturer's specification as possible. Good to know. We were talking before about Hybrid batteries and EV batteries, and you mentioned, you know, I, I'm picturing in my mind, you know, these things you can plug into the wall that have all the little rechargeable batteries all in there. With the H, with the hybrids and the EVs, are we where you could replace a single cell, or you have to? You had to replace thing? the whole thing. You cannot. Maybe as several of those cells would go out in that battery. You had to replace that whole battery. Fifteen thousand dollars. Man. Man, all right. Okay. So, um what tell me about the 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 alternator if you know it it gets charged by the battery? No, the it charges the battery. Oh, it charges the battery. Okay. okay. So it it has to be it has to have 12 volts in order to energize the field and it energizes the alternator. The alternator produces AC voltage and it changes it to direct voltage. Okay, direct current. So as it does that, so we're alternating current to direct current. It changes to 12 volts so the car can use it. Now, our alternator on these newer vehicles do not run all the time. They don't produce all the heat like they used to because when the alternator, say when the battery is full, alternator cuts off. It's still turning, but it's not producing energy. Uh, the computers now tell the alternator when to come on and come off. You used to have that voltage regulator was in the alternator. Now it's in the computer itself. Let's go to Max. We've got a lot of border calls today, uh, Mississippi-Alabama border. Max, we're so glad you've called in to autocorrect today. What's your comment or question? Coach, what's your perspective on the lithium polymer batteries that's got four or five times the capacity and they're still using lithium-ion in the rechargeable cars, the electrics? Well, uh, and the reason is the reason they're using the lithium ion once again is because of the cost. You know, uh, until they can bring down the cost of the battery, they're going to use the cheapest they, thing they can use right now. 
I do believe well, that's the reason. Use, they could use lithium polymer, which is twice the density and charges faster and just as safe as a lithium ion is what I was wondering. Yeah, they're just as safe, but I think the whole thing is the material, mass material to make them. And that's once again uh, how, if like she said earlier, is that the European Union's going all electric within a couple of years? Well, that's going to take a lot of batteries, you know. And so it's according to how much it's going to cost to make them, and how much the manufacturers willing to uh, invest. I reckon they've been around a long time, probably ten, fifteen years, and they're still sticking with the lithium ion. Right. Like I say, it's according to what the manufacturer themselves, how much they're making, you know, because they're making something off that battery. And so as cheap as they can get that battery, more they're going to make. And they don't, don't you, you got to understand another thing. They they want to sell a battery in the future. And longer they make a battery to last, less money they're going to make. Well, lithium polymer outlasts lithium ion five times and pack more power. Oh, well, that's what I'm saying. If they can sell you a battery in five or ten years instead of one that lasts ten years and they're not going to sell you a battery, they're going to stay with what they can sell you later. Oh, that more more, more conspiracy things. Uh, the, the, <laughs> the battery industry has had lifelong batteries for years. They're just not sharing it with us. Well, you heard about the carburetors that would get 125 miles a gallon, and you heard about them, and then they were never put on the market, you know. Well, somebody somebody yanked them off. That's right. Max, we're so glad you called in to give us something new to think about and wish or dream or <laughs> to figure out. All right. Words, it's, it's the OPM theory, other people's money. That's right. <laughs> other people's money. That's it. <laughs> Thanks, Max. Thank we appreciate you calling in. Thank you. Yeah. All right. So what what else don't we know? What remind us what was the most important thing we need to know? The most important thing is just don't we go and replace parts. Make sure you're diagnosed the part. Make sure you took it to a reliable person because it could be as little as that uh, $15 relay instead of a $200 starter. So if you're following the instructions and you're doing it very safely and you jump start a car and you are, you know, you've let it connect to that good battery and it's it's sat there for a while and you can't jump start it is that going to be a safe time to say you need a new battery new battery yes okay it could be something else that made the battery go bad a lot of times what happens is according to how old the battery is in the vehicle then we'll see how worn it is after several years and how much uh, amperage it has in it but the alternator could be going bad not charging the battery so you want to make sure that you check the battery, check the alternator. Just don't take the battery out of the car and take it to the auto parts and a new battery because then you're going to get stuck at another $200. So it, sometimes it could be two things. Could it, ever, could it ever be like the alternator and the starter and the battery is fine, or are those, those things going to drag your battery down? Those things will drag your battery down. Most likely it's not going to be two things. If somebody tries to tell you two things at one time, they're trying to sell you something. So it's usually one or the other. All right. Thank you for being with us today. You're so welcome. I enjoyed it. And we want to remind folks, it is two weeks until Thanksgiving. So if you're driving somewhere, going to Grandma's house over the river and through the woods, Please make sure your car is all checked out and tip-top. That's right. Yeah, last week we talked about getting ready for winter, so especially if you're going somewhere of a more 
cold climate. Be sure you've got that all checked out. That's right. That is going to wrap us up for today's autocorrect. Hey, our crew, we realized we've left somebody out. Our crew consists of Jay White, our intern Charles Arnold, and our podcast producer, Jermaine Flood. So for Coach Charlie Melton, Master Technician, I'm Liz Gill. Thanks for listening to Autocorrect on MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand.